turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 8. If you have your phone or tablet, if you brought the Word of God today, let's find Acts chapter 8. And uh, if you're new to the church, you can look at a lot of these scriptures. We're going to put all of them on the screen for you to follow along with. Uh, But we do want to share with you, in fact, I'm going to preach a message to you called, Hey You, Yes You. Let me just say that again. It's going to be, Hey You, Yes You. And so I believe God's talking to you, and so God's going to speak to you even throughout this message. The week, God is always trying to get your attention. Let's start in Acts chapter 8, verse number 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia... A eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit of the Lord said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken away. From the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and, beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Let me just give you a little bit of the backstory of what was taking place when Philip encountered the Ethiopian. There was a revival at the beginning of Acts chapter 8. It was a result of persecution that was taking place. Saul, who would later become Paul, was persecuting the church to such a degree that the church had to scatter. Christians began to flee, and they went into regions of Judea. They went into different areas, including the region of of Samaria. And a revival began to break out, break out as Jesus was preached to the Samaritans. In fact, the Bible says that healings began to take place. Signs and wonders and miracles began to take place. And so the person in charge who was leading this revival was a man by the name of Philip. But this wasn't just a healing revival that was taking place. This wasn't just a fact of of signs and wonders and miracles. 
Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. So this wasn't just a, a, a healing revival. It was a racial divide that was coming down. This was a, an unprecedented time, a great awakening that was taking place. And God says to Philip, Philip, I want you to leave. I want you to go away from where people are being healed, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I want you to go down to this road where there's nobody. The Bible says that this road was deserted. It was a road from Jerusalem to the south that nobody traveled. And Philip, in obedience to God, goes down this road and he sees a chariot. Just one chariot. Now, this is not the chariot like you see in Ben-Hur or Gladiator. So get that out of your mind, okay? This was a chariot that was probably more like a stagecoach. There was a team of horses. There was a driver. After all, the unit commanded the driver to, to stop the chariot. So this was not a single rider in a chariot going as fast as he could. This was a guy going along with a team of horses. He had a caravan with him. And the Bible says the man was from Ethiopia. He was an Ethiopian man. But he had come to Jerusalem to worship. How did he get there? Think about that. What drove him to Jerusalem? How, how did he make that journey? It was over a thousand miles. Why was he in Jerusalem? You ever think about for a moment why you're here? How, how did you get here? You say, well, Pastor, I got in my car. No, no, no. How did you even get to South Florida? I'm born and raised here, so I have no, I have a good reason. But how did you get here? Some of y'all just tried to escape the cold. I get that. I mean, you know, I was talking to a, a person yesterday, and they said they were from South Jersey. She made a point of, of telling me South Jersey as opposed to North Jersey. Because she said, no, no, you don't understand. North Jersey, that's like New York. South Jersey, where I'm from, cornfields, farms, small towns, very rural. It's very different than, than what maybe a South, South Floridian would think of as Jersey. So I said, how did you get here? She said, I was tired of the cold weather. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. I've been telling everybody, skate. Run with your life. But how did you get here? Think about all the choices that had to be made over generations that would bring you to this moment. Think about the choices your parents made, your grandparents made. All of those choices, the choices you made, high school, huh? Leaving high school, going into college, choosing a spouse, choosing a career— all of those choices brought you to this moment, this place, not just this place in time, but also this geographical location. God brought you here. And listen, God brought you to this church. You are not here by accident. You were set up to be here. 
It's not just that, well, you know, I drove by one day or, or I saw it on Facebook or, or I saw it on the Internet or even somebody invited me. Those are just things that we check off on a connection card. God set you up. God brought you here. God orchestrated your life to be here. You're not here by chance. You're here because God turned your life, even through the good choices and the bad choices, to where you are here at this moment. Think about that. And this Ethiopian found himself traveling on a road from Jerusalem back to Ethiopia. And in the midst of all of it, God was setting him up. There was a hunger on the inside of him. The gods of his youth and the gods of his nation, the gods of his parents didn't satisfy him anymore. He came to Jerusalem to worship because something inside of him said, I'm empty. I need it. See, that's why you're here today. Let me tell you why you're here today. You're here today because something inside of you recognizes you have to be here. There's there's a need. There's there's a hunger inside of you. You realize that some of you may not even know it, but but some of you do, that that the gods of this world, the god of entertainment, the god of lust, the the god of, of money, it doesn't satisfy you anymore. You've had enough of it, and you found that it left you wanting. And so there's a pull, and there's a tug, and God is just beginning to stir you up and you realize there's got to be more. That's where the Ethiopian was. He realized there has to be more. There's got to be more. So he found himself coming from Jerusalem, but still, still, still wanting. And so he opens up the scriptures and he begins to read. And God cared so much about this man that God took an evangelist. God took a man who was in the midst of this incredible revival and pulled him away. And here's what God said. God said, Philip, chase that chariot down. Chase it down. And that's what God's doing with you. He is chasing you down. God is looking at your life, and here's what he's saying. Hey, you. Yes, you. Huh? You ever have somebody look at you, and you don't know whether they're really looking at you? Some of y'all did that last week with Pastor Tony when he was here. You're like, he's pointing at you. Yes, you, you, yes, you. Come here, you, yes, you. Me? Yes, you, come here. God's doing that with you. See, God loves you so much, he won't leave you alone. You thought you just came in by accident. You thought you just showed up. You thought you just tried church. You thought you would just come in and have a nice church service, but God's going, no, 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 you, you, I've got a plan for you. The same is true for your children. The same is true for your grandchildren who are running from God. God is chasing them down. God is after them. God's not going to leave them alone. God's not going to let up on them. God has a divine appointment for them, a divine setup for them. They are being set up. Hallelujah. Somebody believe that? Amen. Hallelujah. We're all being set up because God loves us that much. And God loved this Ethiopian man. And so God set him up. 
And God said to Philip, Philip, chase down that chariot. God orchestrated all of our lives to be here at this moment. And God orchestrated that Ethiopian's life to be on that road at that very moment. And Philip ran up to him. Listen to this. And Philip heard him reading from the book of Isaiah. And listen to Philip's question. Philip says to him, do you really understand what you're reading? Now, this man's response is so important. I want you to catch it. Because the man says this, how can I unless someone guides me? Think about that. He said, how can I unless someone guides me. In the message paraphrase, it says this, how can I unless I get some help? Isn't it refreshing to be around people who need help, who don't know everything about everything? Because it's really frustrating to be around people who know everything about everything. You can't teach them anything because they already know everything about everything. Come on, touch the person next to you and say, he might be talking about you today. <laughs> An interesting lunch this afternoon. See, so many people are unwilling to just ask for help. Listen, this was not an uneducated man. This, this was not a man who... Who, who, who didn't have any kind of stature. This was, not, this was not the prodigal in the pig pen. This was a man who had wealth, he had status, he had position. In the natural, he had everything going for him. Yet he says to Philip, I need help. I cannot understand this. I need somebody to guide me. And he says to Philip, would you come up in the chariot and would you ride with me? He invited Philip in. See, some of us are so busy being the teacher, we forgot what it's like to be the student. Huh? Some of us walk into every situation and all we walk into is a situation where we think we can add and we never just sit down and say, hey, I'm here to learn. Somebody speak to me. I need some help. I don't have it all together. I don't have life figured out. I've got issues. I've got troubles. I've got problems. I've got struggles. I don't have it all together right at this moment. Listen, this area of my life is good, but then there's this area that's not so good. And so I need somebody to come along and give me some help. And that's where this Ethiopian was. He said, I need help. I'm in charge of the money of an entire region, but I can't figure this out. Now, Philip, would you ride with me? And Philip began to ride with him. And then, guess what? He had questions. He just had questions. Anybody have any questions? Anybody have anything they want to ask God? Huh? Anything they don't have figured out yet? Listen, I've got questions. I still have questions. I've been studying this book all my life. I've, I've been a Christian for years. I still have lots of questions. 
have things I want to ask God. I still have, have issues that I say, God, why didn't this prayer get answered? And why didn't this happen the way I, I wanted it to happen? And why, why couldn't it, things just work out like this? And listen, listen, it's okay to have questions. God will meet you. Listen, God, in fact, is willing to meet you at the point of your questioning him. It's okay to have them. God's a big God. He can handle your questions. He can handle your emotions. He can handle you saying to him, God, what are you doing? I can't figure out what you're doing. But in the midst of it all, you have to be willing to say, I still need help. I still need some answers. And so this Ethiopian invites Philip along. And and he says to Philip, hey, I have these questions. And Philip begins to unravel the gospel to him. But there's a part of this story that I want you to catch. Because Philip says to this man, look, here is water. Man, I love that part. What is hindering me from being baptized? Huh? What, what, what's obviously... Philip began to explain the gospel. Philip opened up the scriptures. They took the scroll. They talked about Isaiah. They talked about the Christ. They talked about the crucifixion. They talked about the nails going through his hands and feet, the crown of thorns and the spear that went through his side. They talked about all of that, but they also talked about the need to be baptized, to go under, huh? to lose control, to bend. To be willing to put your, hand, your life in somebody else's hands and say, hey, I give up. I, I give up control of my life. I'm dead to that. What's hindering me from that happening? And Philip's response is simple. There's nothing on God's end that's hindering you. Do you believe? And this man's response was, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Let me just tell you today, if you're not where you should be in your walk with God, if spiritually things are, are, are not right, if, if you're here today and you say, well, Pastor, I, I just don't have that fire, I just don't have that passion, there's nothing that is hindering you on God's end. It's always on our end. And the good news is, that can turn around today. Amen? It can turn around today. Because all we have to do is just believe. And that man went into that water, and he was baptized. And then the Spirit, the Bible says, the Spirit caught Philip away, and the Ethiopian didn't see him no more. And then the Ethiopian just went on his way. But that's not really the whole story. That's not really the totality of what had happened. That's, that's just the biblical account. You have to go into history and understand exactly what was taking place. And you see the specifics that Luke wrote when he wrote the book of Acts. And he began to tell some things. And he talked about this Ethiopian man. The man was a 
He was a eunuch because he chose to be. A man would choose to be castrated so that he could rise in position and power in, in a kingdom to serve a king and a queen. And so they would castra- be castrated. They would choose that lifestyle because then the man could be trusted not only around the queen but also around the king's harem. So it was a career choice that was made for position, for status. And this man rose in status. In fact, the Bible says he was in charge of all of the money of an entire kingdom called Ethiopia. See, we think of Ethiopia as the Ethiopia of today, but that's not the Bible Ethiopia. The Bible Ethiopia was the entire land south of Egypt. You had Egypt, and then you had Ethiopia. Today, it's known as Africa. It's the entire continent of Africa, except for that very northern corner of Egypt. Here's why this story is so important. This man served a queen whose name was Candace. That was not her proper name. That was her title. Every queen of Ethiopia was named Candace, much like every ruler of Egypt was named Pharaoh. And so it was her title. But, but she was no ordinary queen. She wasn't a queen like maybe we would think uh, as well. Ethiopians believed that the king, the man who was king, was too holy and pure to go out to war or to conduct business or to even make decisions. I like that part. Just the man's too holy to make decisions. I'm going to tell my family about that one. But, but the queen then, whose title was named Candace, the queen would then be in charge of ruling. The king would reign, but the queen would rule. That sound familiar to anybody? Anyway, so, so the king would reign, but the queen would rule. Well, this was no Barbie doll beauty queen. Candace was a warrior. She was a warrior princess. In fact, history records that the great encountered Candace. And though he conquered the known world, when he encountered Candace, we're not sure exactly what took place. We only know that he never conquered Ethiopia. He turned, and he never got the best of Candace, the queen. So this was a warrior who was in charge of Africa. Why did God set this Ethiopian up? Because God wanted to save a whole continent. Listen now. Today, hundreds of thousands of Africans from the Sudan from Nigeria, from Kenya, from Botswana, from Malawi, right now? From, 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 from all these different countries, hundreds of thousands of Africans come to Christ every year. And it started with one man, a eunuch, that God had a purpose 
4. This was the first seed of many to come from that continent. Listen, the reason why God is setting you up, the reason why God is chasing you down, the reason why God is is pointing his finger and saying, hey you, the reason why he is doing that to you, the reason why he wants to, to, to save your child, the reason why he wants to save your grandchildren, the reason why he is chasing them down is because he has a purpose for their life that goes far beyond the four walls of a church and a padded seat and us lifting hands. That's all great. It's wonderful. It's necessary. But God has a greater purpose for us. Amen? Just like he did this Ethiopian. So God's chasing you because there's purpose on the inside of you. You didn't get here by accident. You didn't just randomly choose a church because you like this or you like that or it's convenient to where I live. God orchestrated that you be here. God set your life up to where one day you would surrender to him. Why? So you can go to heaven? No. That's the easy part. So that you can go out and get somebody to go to heaven with you. Amen? So that you can touch another generation. So that you can reach people. So that you can pull your family in, your friends in, your neighbors in. Amen? God saved you for a purpose. God chased that Ethiopian down. God said to Philip, Philip, chase him down. Chase him down. Because that's the seed of Africa. Africa is going to come from that seed, from that man being saved. Africa is going to come from that man being saved. Amen? Would you do this this morning? Would you bow your heads?